Welcome to the To Tell Us Die podcast. My name is Jenny Donnelly. This is a Her Voice Around the Table episode where we get to hear from women who are choosing to use their voice to make an impact in the world. Let's join the conversation. Hey, you guys, welcome to Her Voice Around the Table. We just had one session and the audio was not going through well. And so we're hoping right now that you can hear us. Can you let us know? Can you pop in here and just say, how does the audio sound? All right. Give us some feedback on that. We're good. Awesome. Okay, perfect. Well, we're going to go ahead and start from the beginning because the audio was frustrating for some people. They couldn't hear the story and I don't want to go beyond what you already talked about. Okay. So I am here today with one of my very best friends. Her name is Heather Rose and we have some pretty cool history together over the last seven years. It's been, yeah. So we met seven years ago and then fast forward a couple years into our friendship, you and Ben, my husband and myself, we decided to answer the call of God on our life to open and plant a church, the collective church in Oregon. And it's been an absolute blast. It's been incredible. It's been amazing. It's been so much fun. And you guys are perfect for the job, what God's doing in your life. But it really is a redemption story. The fact that God has you pioneering a church that is growing and multiplying and people are getting set free. Most importantly, people are getting transformed and set free by the gospel. You know, that's a real redemption story because when I met you, and this is where we're going to go today, when I met you seven years ago, that was not going to be what you were going to be doing. You were not going to be going back into ministry. So Ben and Heather had been pastors in Alaska. They had come to Portland to plant another church, a different church, and their life had a crashing moment. And so what I want you to do is I want you to describe your story. I want you to tell your story. Maybe pick up from when I met you. And one of the things that was so profound about meeting you, first of all, I was like, I like this girl comes off as confident. I loved that about you. You probably That's laugh so about crazy. that. Because yeah. huh? you didn't no, probably I, feel confident, mm-hmm, especially mm-hmm. when you're going through something so traumatizing, right? Because healing is like a traumatic experience coming out of trauma and healing from trauma can be very traumatic. But Heather, I promise you this, what came off of you when I first saw you was confidence and... um Also, I probably picked up on the fact that you didn't care what people thought of you. And that, that made me want to know you because I'm like, oh, I like that because that's real true confidence to me. And then the first thing that you said to me or the first day that we met in our first conversation was my husband and I are going through a a marriage healing. And I thought that was really interesting. First conversation that I'd really had with you. And that's what you tell me. And I thought that's super cool. She's vulnerable. She's transparent. Um, and I'm, I'm really interested in getting to know her. Who knew that we were going to build a church together? This is so cool. So anyway, I honor your life. I honor Ben's life. You guys are literally some of God's finest people on the earth. Mm-hmm. And what you're doing to transform lives is nothing short of a miracle and how God's using you. But what I wanted to do today in this interview that we're obviously also having a podcast, as you can tell on camera. Um, What I want to do today is I want to help those women out there who have had a form of betrayal in their marriage or maybe some other 
um, relationship with somebody. Specifically, we're going to talk about the area of sexual brokenness and the betrayal that happened in your marriage for two people who love God, who love the word, who, you know, were running a church. You guys were pastors. And for this to happen to people like you, And the story that unfolds from here has to be told because there's so many people in ministry who love Jesus, who love God, Mm -hmm. who are doing their very best, but they are broken to the point of having this repetitive sin perhaps, or something is going on under the surface that is keeping them from the fullest experience of their destiny in Jesus. And so I am really excited for you today to share your story. Um, And it's your story and his story together. And then speaking to the women who wonder, what do I do with this pain of a betrayal? Maybe it's been an affair in somebody's marriage. Maybe it's that your husband has been um, in pornography for many years. And it's like, do I just put up with this? Do I, um, or just close my heart off to him? Or do I leave him? Like, what do I do with this sexual issue in our marriage? And so this, um, I'm really excited for you to share your story. I just want you to just take it from there and I'll stop you if I want to pull something a little deeper from your story. So (laughs) thank you so much. Yeah, you bet. Well, um, I have a couple of thoughts right now. Just thank you for letting me share because you're right. The story does need to be told. Um, That was one of the convictions I had, even in the, the moment that, our life kind of poo hit the fan. I knew that we were going to get redemption. I didn't know what that would look like. I didn't know how God was going to redeem and rescue and restore us, but I knew that I was going to tell people about it because I was so mad at what the devil was doing and what he had done and what he had stolen from our wow. marriage already. So thank you for letting me share. And, um, it does excite me to tell my story. I also want to say that it has taken me a couple of years to actually extract my story from our story. Wow. So, um, and that's kind of a part of being codependent and a part of actually living in trauma and experiencing things is, um, you know, we healed together and Ben healed. And then it was like, okay, Heather, now it's your turn. <laughs> Here's your story. You and here are coming? the layers. You know, there were some little, little pieces... I, I did. And, and you know what, to be honest with you, I did do a lot of healing during Ben's healing. And that's key, actually, yeah. when you're going through um, betrayal like this, which um, had to do with pornography and it had to do with, um, you know, sexual brokenness and betrayal outside of the marriage bed. I don't know how else to say that. Um, it, you need to do it together. And it's not just pointing fingers. Ben, 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 Ben you did this, you did this, you did this. The finger has to come right back to you. Wow. It, it has to, it always, always takes two to tango. Okay. So we're always a couple in a marriage. Now I'm not saying one person isn't more in the wrong than the other, but that's not even the right thinking. So for sure, Ben is the one who act and he is the perpetrator and I would be considered the victim. But if we're going to heal together, we both have to point fingers at ourselves. Like he pointed the finger at himself. I pointed the finger at myself. And we both looked at our own selves and said, okay, how are we going to heal? And how do I take ownership of these things? So, and would you say that one of the questions you were asking yourself was what's my part to play Mm -hmm. in the healing? Because the goal is, is that my husband has a healed heart. Yes. And then my heart is healed. Instead yeah. of going, whoa, what happened? What have you been doing? Mm-hmm. You know, cause that's a shock, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so then it was like, what's my part to play 
in supporting his healing, yep. supporting my healing yeah. instead of pointing the finger, which is probably mm-hmm. very tempting oh, to yeah. do yeah. and very hard not to. Right. Cause you might have the right to. Okay. Point your finger yeah. at him. Okay. Um, yeah. So share more of the story, just okay. kind of the, yeah. a little bit of detail of what happened because I think so many people are going to say, hold on a minute. How does she have my story or a similar facet yeah. of your story? Yeah. Um, well, when I met you and you say I was confident, I think yeah. what that was is I had reached the end of myself. And like you said, I didn't, I really didn't care what people thought of us anymore. We had totally hit rock bottom. We had moved from Alaska to Portland to plant a church. And that's when the hook that the enemy had in Ben's life, that's when the enemy just, I, you know, I had, I had the picture the Lord gave me was literally the devil with a hook in my husband's back, just dragging him across the ground and how horrible the picture that was. But that's what sin had done. And that's what the hook of the enemy had done to my husband. And so he found himself doing things he never planned on doing, you know, visiting a, a prostitute to do things that he knew he wasn't meant to do, but it's like, that's the hook of the enemy. It's not a choice at some point. It's actually a reflex and it's compelling. Yeah. And I mean, that's why we talk about confessing your sins. And that's why we talk about how dangerous sin is, is because it will take you further than you want it to go. That's right. And you will not have control. Every time. Every time. So. Well, I think about my own sin Mm -hmm. before I face planted Mm -hmm. into Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) And I was doing things, Heather, that I promise you, Mm -hmm. I said I would never do. Right. For any reason, for any person. And there I was doing it. And I was like, how did I get here? Exactly. And it was, there was a little spot in my, in my heart or a big spot. I don't know how big it was or small Mm -hmm. it was, but it needed love Mm -hmm. and it had a wounding and a rejection. And so, um, until, until that was addressed, you know, I couldn't really get anywhere. And that was when it was like, only Jesus is going to be able to heal this spot. But there was a wounding that caused this, um, what do we want to call it? This spiral yeah, out of control. Yeah. yeah. This compulsion. Um, there was a wounding mm-hmm. that caused the compulsion. Right. Yeah. There was wounding. Um, I do want to clarify just to honor my husband. <laughs> He's um, it, it, transparency matters and being really honest with the actual act. And so there was no, he didn't have sex with a prostitute. Um, I feel like that matters because sin is sin. And no matter what layer and depth of betrayal you're feeling right now and what you're experiencing and what your spouse or you are struggling with, it's, it's all sin and it's all an open door to the enemy and it's all a hook that the enemy has in you. So I just want to honor him and just clarify that, that, you know, thank you, Jesus, that there was a level of confession that happened before any of that took place. So, but isn't it interesting though, in pornography, how, um, and this is what I've heard, you know, I had a lot of issues one of them wasn't pornography, thank God. Mm-hmm. But I had sexual brokenness in other areas. Yes. Yeah. But my sexual brokenness, whether it was pornography or not, led me to like, that doesn't satisfy. Mm-hmm. So I have to go further. Yep. Well, that doesn't satisfy anymore. So I'll go to go further. Mm-hmm. So somebody might say, how do you get to a prostitute? It's because the pornography doesn't satisfy exactly. after a while. And then you go to the next thing. Yep. That's why the confession, bringing it into the light so that the that hook Mm -hmm. can stop. And the Bible says, confess your sins to one another so that you will be healed. Yep. And so we can't keep this stuff in the dark. Although I'm sure he said, I'm going to take this to my grave. 
I'm mm-hmm. taking this to my grave. My wife will never find out. My parents right. will never find out. My congregation will never find out. So what was the wounding? And then how did he get to a place of confession? How did this get out in the light? Yeah, yeah. So when Ben was eight years old, so this is, we'd been married for 10 years by the time he confessed, but I just, I need to fast for a rewind yeah. <laughs> to kind of give you context of how all this happened. But so when he was eight years old, Ben had a sexualized experience uh, with another little boy. And some might say it's quite normal. And I actually think it is that there's kids get curious. Um, and that's kind of why parents need to have eyes all the time because there is curiosity that's normal, but I wouldn't say that it's healthy. And so if we can help teach kids along the way. So here he has this sexualized experience. He's eight years old. He doesn't know what to do with this. Um, he often says, I love this analogy. I don't know where to put this book on the bookshelf. Like, where do I file this? What category does this guy? He had no idea. And so there enters shame. There enters confusion. There enters, um, just an open door to go, well, that felt good, but I know it was bad. Maybe it wasn't bad. Maybe it is. And and there's that confusion. And then he didn't know who to go to. Um, he was a pastor's kid still is. Um, so there's a level of expectation and, um, that's that you just have perceived, perceived totally where you can't be bad at anything. You can't have struggles. You can't, you know, all these things. And who would you confess to? And And I wouldn't want to shame my family or my parents or don't want to hurt other people by the sin I'm doing or whatever. Um, and then you couple that with just not it, it has been a sexual addiction and pornography has not been a topic that's very well covered in the church historically. Um, and so there's not a lot of sexual discipleship going on in our churches other than don't do that. It's bad, <laughs> you know, which then makes you go, man, I'm bad. And so then you've got this blanket of shame and it just causes that great divide. So this is what was happening to him eight years old until we get married. You know, he's struggling and I don't know because my sexual brokenness is one of that, that shame and that disconnect from sexuality because the don't do that. That's bad. I was like, all right, peace out on sexualness. I will just definitely hide that away and won't think about it. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to look at it. I'm not going to consider it. not going to, I even remember thinking, gosh, I do want to have children, but I don't know what it would be like to... (laughs) I don't know why I'm saying this, but to be naked in front of another person, I was like, dear God, I do want to get married, but that sounds terrifying. So that's where my <laughs> sexual brokenness was. Okay. Yeah. Um, Shut it down. Yeah. It was just gone. And I had no discipleship in that area. Mm. Cause again, who was I going to talk to about that? Right. That's a really interesting thought to try to bring to somebody and say, I'm having this thought of this, you know? Yeah. So, so. anyway, so we get married and, um, you know, I, I do have to say, a good indicator, like when I met Ben, I was like, oh my gosh, he's so beautiful. He's so, his heart was so tender and so soft for the Lord. And he was just, um, somebody I was attracted to. So there is that attraction piece. So then I, you know, then we actually struggled with maintaining our purity during our engagement. Um, we did not have sex together before we got married, but you know, we crossed all kinds of other boundaries that we had not intended to cross. Right. So I did experience that. Um, and, you know, that was actually brought in some shame for mm-hmm. me as well, because I crossed lines we hadn't planned on and we had talked about not doing that. Yep. And I knew I wasn't supposed to do that. And, but here we were doing that. And, um, you know, for him, it was a different thing because he was already expressing kind of some of that stuff with pornography by himself. And um, so there's all this stuff going on. And maybe I'm painting a picture of your own marriage and engagement. Um, I think it's really, really common, you guys. And, and yeah. there's not... You could talk to your girlfriends about it. You could talk to the guy friends, the dudes, and maybe he did talk about some of that stuff. And, you know, he was a youth pastor. And so there was some good um, youth pastor connections, but it still was um, 
a non-topic and it was still a shameful topic. And if you brought it up, you were either a sicko or you were kidding yeah. or, you know, just wait till you get married, then you can do it. And like, how helpful is that? There's not a lot of information there. Wow. Yeah. When you get married, then everything's fine. And, um, that's just kind of what we assumed would happen. It wasn't fine anyway. So there's this sexual brokenness that we've had now for 10 years, excuse me. And, um, I, you know, I remember spatterings of time. This is an important piece of information to tell you during those 10 years where I did not know he was struggling with an addiction to pornography, but he would say to me, Hey babe, take my laptop. I'm feeling tempted. I just, I don't want to be tempted. And so I thought, Oh, praise God. Thanks for telling me, babe, what a man of God, because I, again, was so naive to that sexual side. I had not I knew what pornography was, but I didn't understand what pornography is and what it means to be tempted probably means that there's a hook in there already and you're, you're about ready to fall into it. And when there's pornography, you guys, you ladies, it's not just looking at dirty images. It, it causes a reaction and a response inside the person viewing it. And it's, um, Oh, what I forget the term of it, but it triggers the dopamine release and whatever. And so there's the, actually this physical reaction and then your eyes are the gateway to your soul. So then you're actually committing something and you're connecting with pornography. And That's then right. there's an expression. There's like a finishing, if you know what I mean, at the end. So it's not just looking. There's masturbation. There is a connection. There is a... um a physical response that's going on and it, it is spiritual yes, and physical and mental. So it's, I didn't know that about pornography. And so yeah. when 10 years into our marriage, Ben confesses, we're planting a church. We're here in Portland. You know, the devil has just flung wide the door in, that he had been kicking open a little bit and lust gave way. You know, another expression Ben says is lust never pushes away from the dinner table and says, ah, I'm full. I'm satisfied. Mm -hmm. I'm done. That's right. It just never does. It's always going to go more, 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 more. And so here we are 10 years into our marriage. He finally confesses. This is, this is key you guys, because I saw we'd lived in Portland for seven months and things changed with Ben. He, he was stressed. He was mean. He was, um, volatile, not physically, but just like emotionally, just like, Whoa, you were just happy a second ago. And now you're yelling at us. Like what is going on? You know? And I couldn't wait for him to leave the house. That was not our relationship. We were really good friends. We did everything together. And, um, so I was wow. praying for him and I want to tell you that a wife's prayers work. So I was praying, God, help my husband, help my husband, help my husband, help my husband, you know, really interceding. God, help me to support him, help me to love him, help me to know like what's going on here. So when he confessed to me, um, what happened was he finally reached the end of himself. He, um, confessed a little bit to a struggle he'd been having to some pastor friends that he trusted here in Portland. I'm so thankful for those relationships because yeah. they were close enough to him that he felt safe to tell them. And then they knew that he had done what's called an iceberg confession okay. where he just told, well, it was just this. It's just a little bit. It tests the waters. It tests right? the waters. See if I'm going to get rejected here. And he'd been hiding things since eight years old. It's no. kind of a lot to, to confess lot, and yeah. say all at once. And so, um, but he confessed, they drug out the rest of it. And um, thank God he was able to really, truly share all they recommended a counselor. We got into counseling a week later, we were fired from the church and Ben had, so I had about four days of, he, he told them first, 
then they told, he told me, so I think it was good that he had told someone else before me. Cause I think had he told me only, I don't know if I would have known what to do with that information. Right. Um, so we had some accountability there. He told them they recommended a counselor. We saw the counselor. I knew I was like, there's no way we're going to be pastoring a church. Like we just are wrote that a wreck. Off. <laughs> this is bad. You know, um, in the best way, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. the end of ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. He had reached the end of himself. We needed help. So we were fired. Um, and we lost our identity because as try as we might, our mm-hmm, identity was mm-hmm. in pastoring, you know, when you've done it for so many years and you're, it's your job, you get paid for it. You're used to it. It's a 24 seven thing. Um, it, it became our identity. So we were no longer pastors. You know, I'm no longer a worship leader. I'm no longer like a small group women's leader. I no longer have, I remember this distinctly. I have no emails. <laughs> there were no emails coming wow. in about information. Um, we were just children of God. Wow. One thing that never changed was his presence. I, I knew that he was real and he was present and he was there for us in that moment. Um, when Ben confessed, and this is going to lead into my story and my, my portion yes. of healing. When he told me we were in a parking lot, we had young kids. So my aunt was watching our kids and um, we were alone and I thought this was a nice date and it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> so he's like, babe, I need to talk to you. Why don't you get your aunt to watch the kids and I'll take you for a drive. And um, I knew something was different about what he was saying, but we pulled in this parking lot. He tells me all these things and um so much was swirling all at once. You know, it's, it was a total and complete shock. And then it made sense because remember those prayers I was praying, God help my husband. What is going on with him? I was like, okay, I can see now what's going on. And then I felt the Holy spirit say to me, sin is not Ben and Ben is not sin. And so immediately by the grace of God, I was able to separate my husband from the thing that he had done to me. And I knew that what had happened and how far he had been drug away from his true identity and the things that he had, I mean, he betrayed me. He hurt me. That was um, not our plan. That was not going to be my story. And we were friends, like I said, and we were intimate. Um, And he went somewhere else for that. It hurt, but it was separate from him. It was what the devil had done. And I knew it was a product of sin and how far lust had taken him and how far the enemy had drug him away. Yes. I'm going to start taking some notes here Okay, because you're building a very (laughs) nice stepping. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to start writing like things that Heather did because I want to be able to summarize this at the end for anybody out there. That's like, okay, now what do I do? You know, after hearing this, I need to do something. So I'm going to be pulling my phone up here, taking notes. I want you to keep talking. I hope I didn't throw your thought off. Okay. No, I, this is, this is a part of my story that, um, was so divine. Um, and I really had to lean into Jesus for it because my feelings wanted to come back in with emotions and hurt and pain and what in God's green earth were you thinking, you know, (laughs) what, how did this happen? And you know, better, you know, all the you shoulds that you want to say, I had every right to say it, but my mouth was shut because I knew that that wasn't him. Um, 
And there was a grace of God. And I, you guys, I pictured him as that eight-year-old boy because he told me the whole story and I didn't know. And I thought, dear God, you've been struggling for this whole time by yourself. And I had just a heart of compassion for my best friend, my husband, this man that I had chosen to do life with. And he had been by himself in a huge, massive struggle. And, um, And I knew that this was an opportunity to embrace him and to come alongside him and to support him like I was meant to do, right? I'm his spouse. I'm his helpmate. And, um, so those were the, that was a, that was a a salvation moment for me. Like God rescued me. He rescued me from my thoughts. He rescued me and pulled me away from the moment and gave me a perspective that was right. Um, and now we then did marriage counseling. Now we needed that third party person to continue to walk with us. So we didn't get caught in the weeds. Okay. We did not communicate well. So we had to learn how to communicate. And so we always were a huge, um, cheerleader for counseling. Um, you know, I probably shouldn't even call it marriage counseling because it's not about counseling for your marriage. It's actually about individual healing. Cause if That's our good. goal was just to mend our marriage, we've missed it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It was really about him getting totally healed and me getting totally healed. Then as a product of two healed people, our marriage looks better, right? So we, we went through this process of, um, when I met you, Jenny, we were in this place of like total transparency Yeah, because we realized that who had hit the fan. What happened was after men confessed to me, then we were fired. He confessed to the church that we were planting and they told all. And we decided with the help of some counsel, just to say exactly what had happened and to be very accurate and truthful with every detail so that there was no wondering about what had happened. Yeah, that's um, good. And what, so, yeah, I really feel like that's a super important part of this mm-hmm. is that there was this transition to confession to the people who God had mm-hmm. given you the honor of stewarding any True. life that you're stewarding. Yeah. So I imagine that your kids eventually came into confessing to them, but it wasn't dancing around. Right. It wasn't like, oh, you know, just a thing, you know, and then everybody has to make up their own story of what really happened. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know the story until you just told me. I knew, okay, healing yeah. the marriage, but that could be a million different things, right? right? So, but when you told the story, it was, there was so much integrity in telling the whole story. Mm-hmm. I just, I want to stop right there and just say, hear what's being said here. Yeah. And I know that him going back home to Alaska, I, I just yeah. remember thinking, who does that? That's incredible. I'd love for you to share that piece too. Yeah. Just that real integrous confession. Yeah, sure. Well, we realized as soon as Ben did confess to those, those guys, those friends of his, the pastors, and then to me, he felt such relief and such freedom because it was a secret for so long. And that's part of the enemy's hook is the hiding and the secret sin. And it's, it, it separates. And so when he let the light in and told all the details, and I I do have to say that all of the details over 20 years or however long he'd struggled, you know, that, that was a process, but the majority of the details, he, he wasn't trying to hide anything anymore. He's like, Hey, letting the light in here, let the light in. And that gave him such a good feeling wow. that we just decided, let's just do that everywhere. And, and like you said, people deserve the truth and that people deserve because we were pastors and because we were leading people, we knew it had to go far and wide. Now, if you're, that's not a template for everyone. Not everybody has to stand in front of their church and tell everybody their, 
all their details, but for us, we did. Um, and then, like you said, eventually our kids did know they were young at the time. So when they, you know, our oldest son, I think he was maybe 10. So we began to share pieces with him. Um, and then now all our kids know the whole detail, all of the details. And that just eliminates the mystery and that secret Mm -hmm. hiding that the enemy likes to grab people with. So when you let the light in, it really is powerful and it, it really like straightens the hook out. If I think of a fishing hook, it just like bloop, straighten the hook out, slid right out of bed. And he was like, all right, I think that that secret lust, it pretty quickly dissolved. Now there were habits and renewing of his mind and brain trails that he had to heal. And that took some time, but the actual like authority that the enemy had over him in the area of sexual temptation and sexual sin, that was quickly dissolved with letting the light in. Wow. It's powerful. Um, obviously it could not have stopped there. We had to walk out a process yeah. of healing and changing our minds and making changes in our lifestyle, which again happened pretty quick because we were fired, yeah. <laughs> had nothing to do. We were new to Portland, had no friends really. And, um, just a counselor. And then some people in Alaska, Ben did fly home and told our home church there cause they were supporting us in planting a church in Portland. And, um, and when I God met you, you were fired, thank God. Yes. You think about because I'm thinking about what could compete with an integrous confession is mm. trying to hang on to an image. True. Right. So it's like, well, we're not that anymore. Yeah. So, so, you know, here we go. And yeah. it was just like, you didn't have an image to protect. And I would say if somebody wasn't fired, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. okay. They could still say, this isn't my identity. Right. I am. My identity is not pastor of a church. I, I actually have to be willing to bear the image of daughter or son rather than I need to make sure that this image of pastor remains untarnished in front of all these people. So I'm just going to like justify and give excuses. I'm going to, you know, cause we've seen that we've seen people give excuses to their sin. And, and here's the thing. Um, I love the process of repenting. Mm-hmm. I love, I think it's so beautiful when somebody comes to this godly remorse and repents and that is every believer. That is not just the situation. That is all of us. Mm-hmm. And like when I've seen my children, all of them have done this. But when I see them go, holy moly, I'm the one that put Jesus on the cross because mm-hmm. of my sin. Oh my goodness, he died for me because I was headed to hell. Mm-hmm. Like I'm the one that, yeah. has, that has sin inside of me that wants to rebel from God. And then they have this godly remorse. They have this repentance and their true self comes out of that. And I just think, you know, if there's anybody listening and you've been propping up yourself in any way, like giving yourself excuses or props or blaming or, oh, it's because I was wounded as a kid. That's why I look at porn, but I'm getting better. Okay, well, we can use our woundings as our props and our excuses instead of just letting everything, like you said, let the poo hit the fan, mm-hmm. just let it hit the fan. Mm-hmm. Because when we come undone and we let go of our false identity and this false life and this false image, Jesus can meet us right there. He can meet us in that place of our pain. He did with Peter. Peter mm-hmm. denied him three times. And Peter was all for protecting Jesus. Yeah. He was the most vocal one to say, I will not let anybody hurt you. Nobody's going to do this to you. And Jesus said, by morning, by the time the rooster crows, you will have denied me three times. And he's thinking, no way, no way, no way, you know? Mm-hmm. And 
there goes the rooster crowing. He's denied him three times and he sees Jesus. And I love that part in the word where him and Jesus cross eyes and he's going, oh my gosh, there he's going to the cross. And I just denied him. And he, it says that he wept bitterly. And that was the point where Peter became truly, truly, um, what are the words I'm looking for? It's like the image of Christ could be buried inside of him. Yeah. Because it was he a real repentance. A real repentance instead of an image. Peter no longer had an image to hold on to. He had just denied Christ three times. Yeah. And so when we come to face to face with our denial, we've denied Christ. Like mm-hmm. Ben saying, I've denied Christ, not because he didn't love him, but because of this act that yeah. I'm hiding. And so he came face to face with that, wept bitterly. It yeah. is what it is. And that's where the freedom point yeah. is. That's when Peter was able to really walk out his calling was when he came face to face with his own sin. And so, so I just think that process is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And the way you guys went about it is absolutely beautiful. Now mm-hmm. I want you to take us from the story. So that was a little commercial break, but I want you to take <laughs> us into the story. How from there he had this confession. I mean, that's huge. Without mm-hmm. the confession, we're not getting anywhere. Right. You can't get past this. But no. with and ownership, he took ownership as well. He confessed and, and said, this is what I did. Okay, instead of, and, and probably tempted to say, but it's because of this or this, or those didn't people didn't help me, or the church should have taught me about sexual integrity, and, and they didn't, and let's blame, and you know, all this right. stuff. But instead, he looked in the mirror, and I've heard him say this before, he looked in the mirror and said, this was you. You were the you one been. that does this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So that major accountability, you had a counselor that walked you through healing. I know you guys were super committed to that, with no jobs and no income, and a counselor that wasn't free. Correct. So- Wow. Wow. You just decided we're going to counseling. It might cost. And I remember you saying that the money would come in sometimes hours Mm -hmm. before your counseling session. Oh man. Because you just believed that God believed in this restoration process for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We had drawn a line in the sand. We were like, we're, this is what we're doing. We're getting healed. And this is the process that we're taking. And these are the steps we're going to take with the counseling. And it was, it was a miracle. It was like a total, we were living by faith walk by faith, you know, and that had been the cry of my heart for years and years, you know, God, I just want to walk by faith. I want to live a life of faith. And he's like, okay, how about you have no money (laughs) and you need it to come in the mailbox by surprise. No, no name attached. I mean, there were miracles. And, um, and what I loved is we actually needed to pay the counselor. Like we needed it to hurt and we needed it to be our responsibility because in Juneau, Alaska, we had such a great safety net and so many people who loved us and cared for us. We could have gone there and probably figured out how to get free counseling. Right. Right. You know, and somebody would have paid for it for us. And, um, we could have had a sob story. And I mean this in the nicest way. It was just time for us to grow up and it was time for us to feel the pain and to, to take responsibility even financially. So I remember one time (laughs) we went into our counselor's office and only one time our check had bounced from the previous counseling session. And so he sat there with our bounce check and we were in the chairs. He's like, so we can't start again until you pay me for last week and this week. And we were like, right. And somehow we had, we had the money. So we had the money we paid him. But I remember that feeling of like, oh my gosh, he's literally, and we were months, we were like friends. We were months into this process. He was committed to us. We were committed to him and the healing. And he still was like, I'm not going to let you not pay. Thank God for that because he knew that this was about accountability and this was about you guys 
growing up in Jesus and, and growing into your yes. adulthood. And it gave God an opportunity to shine. Wow. And so I see that he, he wants to fill in our gaps, but you don't know what you don't know. So yeah. we didn't know we had a gap in that area. We thought we were wow. awesome. We thought we deserved free stuff. I don't know. Well, you could have been really <laughs> offended. I, I will say just because, you know, we've been mentoring people for many years. It's interesting. People take these hard, you know, confrontations, mm -hmm. which if you're a mom, that's what you do. Mm -hmm. You have to confront because that's nobody else's job to do that right. in, in their sin and redirect. And I've had people be like, oh, you're right. You know, and have other people be like, you're mean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's interesting. People take it different ways. And I would say anybody listening or watching, if you have somebody in your life that has not allowed you to get away with baby things and get away with, um, you know, blaming and not get away with giving excuses. If you have somebody like that in your life, you know, you might just say, thank you, Lord, for that. And how mm -hmm. can I be teachable and how can I be humble? And maybe there's a chance I'm not perfect. And maybe there's a chance that God has given me somebody to help me, no. not to point out my flaws, no. but to say, there is more for you. There's better ways for you because they want to see you walk out the call of God in your life. Cause we're not going to walk out the call of God in our life in this stuff. Mm -hmm. And, and Hey, right now, look at, look at, look at people. Look at people. Look what's happening. <laughs> there are people who are absolutely amazing sons and daughters of God. And it might feel like a minute we're getting away with it, but sin is always exposed at some point. Mm -hmm. And we want to do it earlier, not when we have large amounts of people that we're influencing, not when, you know, we've been, we've been entrusted with all these people's lives. And then suddenly it's like, sorry, everybody, you know, and if that's the yeah. case and that's where you're at, then you know what? God can help you right there. He really can. But I feel like God doesn't wait that long and go, oh, by the way, I've been meaning to bring you up something. I think that, you know, that affair you're in, we should probably cut that off. I don't mm -hmm. think he waits to trap us and embarrass us oh, in no. front of, right? It's way back. And so there's some people right now, you haven't hit the sweet spot of your destiny and your calling because you're getting there. But God is like, let's deal with this now. You know, and I know a lot of women um, are definitely looking at porn and watching porn. We know this, that the, the stats are high. They're just lower, just barely lower right. than men, yeah. not much lower. Mm -hmm. So this isn't just a male thing, but we're talking today about this betrayal. Um, so we had this massive confession. We've had a massive accountability. We've yeah. had financial accountability. Mm -hmm. You guys are getting healed no matter what. This became your life mission. Yep. It wasn't like, well, we're going to pursue God's call. Oh, and I guess we'll get healed from this really crappy thing that happened. This was what you actually so made your mind up for. Yep. yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. And there's so many glory stories that came out of this. Yeah. How Ben doesn't have a job. He doesn't know what he's going to do. Mm -hmm. He's just scrambling for how to make money. And he hears God say, what do you have in your house? Yep. And he has this camera and he's like, well, I have this camera. I don't know. Anyway, we don't have time to share the story, but now this is a video business mm -hmm. that he's been running for many years. And he is one mm -hmm. of the best videographers that yes. we've ever seen. Absolutely incredible mentoring other people in mm -hmm. this. And mm -hmm. all along God was like, I actually am going to bless your socks off right. with this talent and this gifting that he would have never discovered. Nope. And that's what God's in the business of. He's in the business of you come all the way, mm -hmm. you come all the way, do your face plant, mm -hmm. admit what you've done, have the godly sorrow, repent, 
take on the blood of Jesus that covers all sin. And I'm actually going to put you smack dab in your destiny. That's the God we serve. Yeah. Yeah. He puts us in our destiny when we come to that beautiful place of repentance. And I think it's so beautiful and so wonderful. And I think a lot of people listening and watching are going to go, I need to go repent. I don't know if you guys going to be done talking here soon because I need to go (laughs) repent, you know, and that is such a beautiful thing. And repenting is not this like, oh, I feel so guilty. God, do you see me feeling guilty of what I've done? Right. Repentance is a literal, oh my word, I am going the wrong direction. I am rebelling against God. What am I doing? Mm -hmm. I'm going to stop and I'm going to turn around and go the other way. Mm -hmm. It's an awakening. It's a, oh Lord, you are so good that you're going to meet me when I turn around and you're going to be there for me. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's an embracing of his love for you. It's um, repentance is not something that you just in your own strength muscle out. It is your own decision. You have to choose to repent, but then he walks along with you because it's got to be his supernatural strength. And that's what he, that's what the Bible says. When we are weak, he is strong. And I remember thinking about that verse during our process of healing. I'm like, Oh, you know what, God, I'm pretty much weak every single day. I'm always weaker than you. And that was a really healthy revelation for me because being a pastor's wife and being in ministry, you do want to put on this, um, I've got it together hat because you feel like that's what you're supposed to do. Again, it's nobody told you that, but it's just, and so I, I needed to see my gaps Wow. and I needed Jesus to fill the gaps. And I think about that analogy, just when I actually got saved, you're, you know, I think I was 17 when I got saved. And I remember the picture of Jesus on one side of this chasm and I'm over here on the other side and there's no way I can jump to get to Jesus. Right. And in the, in the chasm, there is sin and it's all the things that you, it's death. It's all the things you don't want. And then we put the cross in there. I love yeah. that picture. Yeah. And Jesus yeah. is a cross. He's, he bridges the divide. Well, it's not just about salvation. It's not right. just to get you to heaven. It's actually to walk in victory. And I mean, how great of a testimony is that? It's, Jesus didn't come just so that we wouldn't go to hell. He came so that we can live a bright life reflecting his face to all of his creation. Wow! And so he allows us to get to the very bottom of ourselves so that we can see our gaps and go, oh my gosh, Jesus, help. I yes. need you. Yes. Fill in this gap, fill in this gap. And you don't know till you know. And right. so, you know, I didn't know until Ben confessed and praise God he did. And then, and then it, un- what it uncovered is like you said, a root of rejection. Okay. It uncovered, um, people pleasing, you know, as a, as a PK, as a child, he felt like he had to be a certain way. And so therefore he put on masks. He started to become a, a different person, just um, for love. just for yeah. love and just for acceptance and for what he figured was the right thing to do. So then that really traps people in secrecy. Yeah. Because if you're dealing with anything, you don't know what to do with it. And so you, you shove it under the rug. You know, I, I learned how to shove conversations under the rug, you know, my feelings under the rug. I had a different type of wounding. It was rejection still, but it would just cause me to say, I don't matter. And what I have to say doesn't matter. So that kind of aided in our marriage for him, um, hiding things and kind of being this pastor figure and trying to be somebody great. That's can sometimes be called narcissism when you're, yeah. And then here's me, the quiet person who's ready to just put everything in myself under the rug too, because I don't really matter. So I'll do whatever it takes to help you matter more. Wow. And so that kind of, that's where we were at. And so this counseling through counseling and that third party person able, able to walk with us weekly. And then our decision to say, this is what we're doing. We are pursuing healing. I'm pursuing healing for myself, Heather. And I had to recognize that I um, have a voice and I have Mm. opinions and 
there were things that I would see that I should have called out in him, but I felt I didn't have permission to because of my own insecurities. And that wasn't anything he ever told me as my husband. It was so God began to heal me and to heal my voice. And that's part of my testimony is when Ben got healed and he, you know, we walked through this transparency and confession and all the things, um, I began to see my part and what I, what I, contributed to our issue and then how I needed to grow out of it so that we could continue with healing and continue, continue to walk in our destiny and not just stay in a place of, okay, now we're whole and just stay here, but we've got to continue to move forward. And, um, it's really identifying those gaps and letting Jesus heal them for you. Mm. And, um, the Holy spirit is so gentle and so perfectly on time with the items that you need to heal now. That is so beautiful. <laughs> One thing that I've watched you do over the last five years is decide, and I'm repeating what you've already said, to decide that your voice has a valuable contribution to make on the earth. Yeah. And that must have been hard because when you've come in and this identity of this marriage initially is, okay, pastor, I'm the pastor's wife. I'll tuck myself under the rug, just kind of put myself away. Yeah. That's kind of easier. Oh yeah. That's a lot easier. Yep. Just disappear. Mm-hmm. And here we are on her voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. This is her voice. And this is why we do this interview, her voice around the table, because what we want to do is we want every woman to have her voice. It doesn't need to be with a microphone. It might be, it might not be. That's really not the point, Right. but your voice, meaning your presence and your contribution on the earth. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a contribution to make on the earth. And I think that the enemy would want betrayal yes. to not bring your voice out like it did for you. It, right. He would want it to stuff you away further. Yes. Oh yeah. And so I'm thinking, okay, hold on a minute. So this, the same betrayal for mm-hmm. somebody out there could bury their voice further yeah. and I'm rejected. And cause now it's playing on our woundings, mm-hmm. right. As, mm-hmm. as the, as the person, the victim, Look, right. I actually didn't matter Yep. Uh-huh. so much so that he cheated on me. Yep. And I'm not good enough for him and he has to go elsewhere Mm -hmm. to be satisfied. And, oh, it must be me. It must be my body. It must be my personality. It must be everything. Like just pick myself apart and I'm just going to go disappear. You did the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. You decided to rise and shine. Like this was your hour, Esther. Like Mm -hmm. for such a time as this, you were the woman that God picked out for Ben Rose. Yeah so that he could become the man of God Mm -hmm. that he's called to be, but you had to become the woman of God that God called you to be in order for Ben to become the, you know, both. And and I think it would have limited his growth if you stuffed yourself away and just said, oh, you're the one that needs to get healed. I'm just going to sit over here and be wounded. And so I just want to just, just smash that paradigm that women are going to tuck their tails and tuck away and say, oh, this is so about me. No, it was, it's about sin. It's about the enemy. So what are you going to tell a woman who's listening now mm-hmm. who says, I've been betrayed. I feel insecure. Um, I actually wrote out some steps and maybe you could add to it, but mm-hmm. I've written them out just okay, basically cool. exactly what you've said. So maybe I'm answering my own question that I'm asking you, <laughs> but I want to know what you would add to this okay. um, mm-hmm. to help a woman come fully into her calling, fully seen, even though she's been betrayed in a very hurtful and deep way. Okay, so this is what you've been talking about during this whole podcast and this whole um, uh, discussion. Okay, so the first thing was first, before you ever knew what was going on with Ben, you prayed for him. Yep. And Mm -hmm. as women, I remember the Lord said, Jenny, who do you think is praying for Bob today? Mm. Just think. And I was like, perhaps nobody. Right. 
Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, okay. <laughs> That's all he had to say. Yeah. And I thought, wow, that is my part to play in our marriage. It's me. I need to pray for him. And so I took on the role of an intercessor. And we think about intercessors as being those people that pray like eight hours a day in their closets and yeah, don't and have jobs and boring. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> No, intercession is somebody that will go fill in the gap, right? Mm-hmm. And just be like, I'm going to stand in a place speak. of intercession and authority and mm-hmm. speak words of, and I'm going to pray and I'm going to believe and I'm going to contend yeah. for my husband. Because there's days where Jenny has a hard time praying for herself. Thank mm-hmm. God my husband also knows it's his role to pray for me, right? So you prayed for your husband. Mm-hmm. That actually helped this process come to be. I'm sure it did. You prayed oh, yeah. for him. You oh, ushered in this mm-hmm. blessing of reconciliation of his own heart and your own marriage. Okay, number two, you separated your husband from sin. Mm-hmm. And I put down here, you saw the devil, the devil for who he is. Right. This is the work of the enemy, period. Yep. And there's a hook and there was an agreement, but who God made... Mm-hmm. is perfect. Yes. What's going on here is the enemy got a hook in and I'm going to go after mm-hmm. and see Ben for who God made, not for what Ben did. Yeah. You were able to separate him from sin. And then three, you had a heart of compassion for the wounding that the enemy took advantage of. Mm-hmm. You were able to see Ben as that little boy, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That, wait a minute, the enemy really went in on that wounding And he's been suffering with this this whole time, you know, by himself. And here you're the helpmate. Yeah. You're his best friend. And so what do best friends do? They come in when we're wounded. We pick Mm -hmm. them up. We don't kick them while they're on the ground. Right. And so you saw your role as Mm -hmm. to be a helpmate, to be somebody who could come in and be like, I'm going to help mend your heart. This is awful where you've been by yourself. Well, you're not going to be by yourself anymore. I'm not going to leave you Mm -hmm. lonely here. And then number four, there were intentional healing outlets that you guys took. Mm -hmm. You, oh, and I didn't put here in confession, which is huge. We're going to put that in there. There was um, confession and very integrous confession, open and honest confession to the people that you guys had stewarded. And it wasn't like, hey world, guess what we did? But you went to the people who were looking up to you, who were looking to you for leadership, looking to you for guidance whether that be kids and family and church and all that. So that's what you did. Open and honest confession. And then number five, the healing outlets as individuals. You came in to heal as individual people, knowing that that would lead to a healed marriage. Okay. And then number six, um, you came to realize or came to the like, okay, Mm -hmm. Heather, I have a voice too. You have a voice and you have a part to play Mm -hmm. and you have a story. This is your story together. I've heard you say that several times, which is so great. This is your story together. This is your story to tell. And this is your life to live together. And you have a voice instead of tucking yourself under Mm -hmm. shame or regret or betrayal. Um, So I want people to know about the course that you're doing Mm -hmm. because that, here's the thing. We could talk for two more hours on your story Mm -hmm. and (laughs) what we could do because we don't, neither of us like leaving people on the cliffhanger of what do I do? What do I do? do I I mean, that's why we came to church because (laughs) you want to leave people into freedom. And I know Heather, you'd be the first one to say that you never thought that you'd be in ministry again. Right. You just let that ship sail, whatever it wasn't about that that anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was gone. And, but the Lord um, brought it back around 
um, because that's always been your destiny, right? And yeah. the enemy tried to tear that down. And so um, whatever the devil does to us, it's not final. It's never final if we come under repentance and confession. And it's so amazing and so scary. This process is so scary because that means people are going to see us and know our flaws and we're going to know our flaws and our, you know, our excuses don't stand anymore. So this process is very scary. I don't want to take that away, but I believe that the courage that people need will come from God and the grace will come from him. And I want you to end um, our time together um, sharing when your courses, because they're going to be, her and Ben are going to be doing a course for couples starting December 1st, 2020. And it's going to be five weeks. Is that correct? Um, Six six weeks. That's Mm -hmm. perfect. Six Mm -hmm. Tuesdays. Yep. And you'll be invited to come in and hear this couple Mm -hmm. mentor you and guide you. And it's like, they are the voice that they wish they had. They're going to be the voice that they wish they had. And there are going to be so many people. I see hundreds of people getting healed, delivered, set free from shame and being able to have the tools. And that's what we can't do today is open up the toolbox of what everybody's going to need. So that's the point of the course. Mm -hmm. So would you share the course? And then I want you to end with just a prayer for courage for these women to Mm -hmm. have the courage to come into the course, but have the courage to walk out everything that you lined out here in exposing, um, Mm -hmm. you know, finding leadership, finding counsel, and just the courage to take the next steps. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we're starting December 1st. That is a Tuesday. Um, you can go to crosstheisland.com and there'll be, we ha- we don't have the registration link up right now, but if you send sign up on the our website, crosstheisland.com, we'll send you an email. It will be on our social media platforms as well. So I'm Heather Rose, Ben Rose, it'll be there, but also across the island at Facebook and Instagram. Um, And we're strategically doing this during the holiday season. You know, typically people are like, you can't start a course in December. That's like crazy. But actually that's the perfect time. I know that holidays were particularly awful for like our whole marriage. And it's supposed to be such a wonderful season. And um, there was always a lot of fighting, a lot of bickering. And I think it had to do with him being mad at himself. Um, And then me feeling like I don't have a, like I don't have value. And so we really struggled in the holidays and I, we thought let's do this in December. It ends on January 5th. So we take you all the way through the new year and we're hoping to just empower you and equip you with tools, like you said, and um, a new perspective. Cause that's so huge when we can get God's perspective, it really shifts how we move and interact. Um, and also just again, tools, but how to communicate with each other better. Beautiful. And so really this could be for somebody who maybe you've had betrayal in the past. Maybe you just feel super disconnected right now. And so you would like some tools and ways to actually connect. So, um, and then also if you know, currently your husband or your wife, one of you is dealing with an addiction to pornography, or perhaps you find yourself really drawn to another person, maybe an emotional affair is beginning. Um, I felt that strongly that there's somebody toying with something. And so remember that that little lust hook, it doesn't just stay small. It's going to take you way further than you wanted to go. And so why not take a step in the right direction? Um, our course is not going to drop you off at a perfection place. You know, right, we're not right. taking you from here to perfection. Um, it's literally just an equipping. That's so, um, you know, let us know if you have any questions about that and if it applies to you. And um, we do have a discount code for her voice. So it's her voice and the number 10. 
So it's a one and a zero, lowercase, her voice, the number 10. Um, and you'll get 10% off of the course. And then I do want to say something about what you just said about being an Esther. And okay. so I did have a decision to make to choose my own healing and to not stay in a wounded place. Cause I could have, you know, he hurt me. I was the victim. It was his fault. And there was a lot of pain and I had to retrain my brain. You know, there were definitely conversations that we had to have that were a little bit hurtful for him, but he, he let me say the things that he, that hurt him. And I would say it once to get clarity because I didn't want the enemy to torment me. And that was me learning how to speak up. Okay. So here was me practicing my voice. I would not have done that, but I did have this thought of I'm going all in here. Kind of like what Esther did. I might die, Wow! but I have a decision to make. And so for me and my personality, it, it felt like death to come out from underneath the rug and to let the light shine. It was like, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah. it was a, such a major shift for where I had been. I was really stuck in, um, well, I call it a deaf, dumb and mute spirit. I was really just squashed down and it was a giant step of faith to use my voice. But for such a time as this, I knew God had a plan and I wow. knew that he would protect me and, um, it might feel like death. So even some of you men or women, obviously women watching her voice, but, um, this could be really pivotal for you, this course, or even just talking to your spouse. Um, maybe you've been wanting to go get counseling. Maybe you need to confess something. This is, you might feel like it's death, but just for such a time as this, you might as well decide, right. make a commitment to your future, let the light in and disempower the enemy. There you go. So, amen. Well, why don't you pray for that courage to take that step? Yeah, let's pray. Thank you, Father. Lord, we love you. Jesus, we trust you. Jesus, we're so thankful that you fill in all our gaps and you know exactly what layers to heal. And God, you know exactly how to speak to us. And so, Father, I thank you for courage. I thank you, God, that you're speaking and ministering to every single person listening right now, anybody whose heart is beating. And you know that there's something that you need to do that the Holy Spirit is so going to guide you with the, with the steps that you need. And so, Father, I thank you for making a way right now making a way right now. I thank you for healing hearts, healing marriages, healing um, individuals, God, and drawing us closer to you that it's not just salvation so we can go to heaven, but God, that we would live a bright life of hopefulness and joy and connection with each other. I thank you, Jesus, for courage today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So beautiful. Well, we want to hear from you. If you have any comments you want to make in the, in the comments, please do. Um, otherwise we know that help and healing is on the way. Jesus loves you so much and we love you too. Thank you, Heather, so much for being here today. Yes. This was so good. Yeah, I'm so excited for all the healing that's going to come in December for everybody that does this course. And we just bless you in that. Thank you so much for being here and we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening to this episode. We want to invite you to join this powerful movement of women. We believe that you are a part of a group of a million women who are being called to use their voice to bring change to our nation and the world. There are two ways we'd like for you to join this community. Request to join our Facebook group by searching for Her Voice Movement. And if you prefer to stay connected through text messaging, you can receive messages from me by texting the phrase her voice to 503-468-4468. We'll see you there.